Hi, this is Andy Turner, MD of Soroffect Sports, proud supplier of all the merchandise for five-star imports and fourth and inches podcast. Please check out our website out silverfx.co.uk where you'll find plenty NFL UK fan clubs and lots of other different podcast merchandise we do. Please check it out guys. Welcome to the 4th and Inches College Podcast with myself. Uh, you've got your hosts here, myself, Nick Loth. We have uh, Tristan Watkin. Hey, everyone. And Sukdeep Pooney. Back to Motors Affair, just how I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mixed it up last week, didn't I? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> um, yeah, just threw the curveball last week, so uh, back, to, back to normal scheduling. Exactly. Ladies and gents, how are we doing uh, this well, so I would say this evening, we always record it in an evening, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're listening on an evening. But yeah, how are we all doing? I hope you've had a great week. Another week of obviously no college football. I hate to remind you all. Well, actually, technically, if you watch FCS football, that is back. Um, we, I was about to say we we won't do a whole podcast <laughs> on FCS football. Um, oh, no, it's, FCS, no, it's like the Division what? 2. Is it what? Yeah, go on. Yeah, it's Division 2. I was about to say the only thing worth talking about is uh, Trey Lanceless, North Dakota State, um, North Dakota State, sorry, not State, State. Um, they lost their first game in like 40 odd games. Like they were, they had a 39 game winning streak. They got snapped. That's probably the only interesting thing that's happened. They miss Eastern Stick. That's what it is. That's it. Eastern Stick. Yeah, their best quarterback over the last decade. Um, is it the North Dakota State Bison? Yeah, Bison. Yes. Yeah. So you were thinking of Bison Steak. That's exactly what I was thinking of Bison Steak. <laughs> A nice Bison Steak. Um, so, yeah. Um, how, how have we been this week, gents? Uh, what, what have we been up to? Not an awful lot. Still in lockdown, obviously. Not a lot to do. Uh, watching some tape and doing even more draft prep and been keeping a little bit of eye on the NFL news, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Um, my life's going to be a lot easier from next week with uh, this. Today was my last day of homeschooling Touchwood um, until the kids go Yay. back to school. So because uh, I work certain days in the week, I'm going to have a lot more time, put it that way, on a Tuesday at least to try and watch some game film and you know be better prepared. It's been It's been hard just to cram everything in. Um, you know, this week was really hard, I'll be honest, not gonna lie with with it also. Just yeah, just relieved. Uh did a a nice interview yesterday, um, which won't go but will be on the podcast very soon. Uh with with a current NFL punter. Um so that was exciting stuff. Um yeah, and that's it really. Nice. Cool. All right, well yeah, so we uh, a couple of weeks ago, we 
started to break down quarterbacks that we thought, uh, but we liked, but we also thought would you know go go high in this year's draft. And last week was all about running backs. Um, but this week we move on to the next natural position of interest, and it's the wide receiver position. So uh, last year's draft obviously brought up quite a few wide receivers in the first round. Um, C.D. Lamb, uh, Dallas Cowboys. Henry Ruggs for your Las Vegas Raiders, uh, Tristan. Um, Jalen Rieger for the Eagles. And Brandon Ayuk went to the 49ers. But the biggest name, of course, of all, the best performing wide receiver. Oh, and so, of course, Jerry Judy say. as well, um, who went to the Denver Broncos out of Alabama. But the the biggest, sort of six, most successful wide receiver in his first year, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, Justin Jefferson out of LSU to the Vikings. Did anybody see that coming? Because I admit that I, I like Jefferson, but I wasn't sure if he was going to be a, like a product of the system where he... You know, when you when you got a guy like Joe Burrow throwing your balls, you know anyone can look great. Um, let's take you know Thaddeus Moss was having a great season, but he went undrafted and doesn't play the uh, snap of a snap in the NFL these days. I think he's on a practice squad somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, did I, I? I'll be honest, I didn't see Justin Jefferson. If someone I guess who's going to be the wide receivers one, two, and three, Jefferson wasn't in in my thoughts. Um, no, he had a hell of a season, didn't he? I didn't have Justin Jefferson breaking out quite as he did. I liked Jefferson coming out. I thought he had lots of ability. I thought he'd need a bit more time to get acclimated. But I think he's one of these... It's Every year, you get a player at a position who falls to the right spot, but just, it works for them. And I yeah. think Justin Jefferson, just getting him at the Vikings, you know, with the, after they got rid of like, Stefan Diggs, mm. and just, he... He was the number one target eventually, and mm. obviously that works out. I don't think he goes to every team in the league and puts up, you know, the numbers that he did. I think it's one of those he fell to the right place. Yeah, I had him locked to the Vikings actually in our final draft last time. So you know, we've got got something right. That I thought would be a good fit. Did you have? Yeah. Did you have the Eagles take any receiver then? I'm sure I did. I'm only interested because I mean, I did. Everyone yeah. obviously knew the Eagles were taking a receiver, and then when it was announced Jalen Rieger, everyone was like, "Wait, what are you doing?" Yeah. Like, you nobody foresaw Rieger being a better breakout talent than Jefferson. Um, proven right, but um, yeah, it's just interesting whether you had maybe Rugs or. Lamb or Judy falling that far instead. From what I remember, oh. I had I had three receivers going in a row. I think it was at 11, if I remember correctly, it would have been 11, 12, and 13. I can't, I can't recall now, but I remember the Jets. I definitely had the Jets taking a receiver. I think Ruggs was actually the first receiver I had off the board. Um, and then it would have been Lamb and then Judy. Then I think. I, I wonder think, what I receiver think, you mocked at the Eagles. I think it might have been Ayuk. And then I think it might have been Jefferson fifth. But I remember going back and forth okay. between the two uh, because I think I, I I was probably guilty of liking Jefferson. But then, you know, when you read reports and you fall in line with what the experts tell you and then you you try and, you know, listen to them. So sometimes, you know, we've got to be a bit like Tristan and just go with our gut feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah last, definitely. last year I had sort of, 
the top three of Judy, Lamb, Ruggs. I had them going in that order. Obviously, that's not where it went. Ruggs ended up being the first one of the fourth. Um, yeah, I probably mocked the Eagles getting a wide receiver, but when you got to the back, back, bottom end of that first round last year, there was a few teams that could do with a receiver and a bunch of late one, early two receiver talent there, which you could have taken in any order, really. And, of course, the Eagles just went and did the most Eagles thing and took probably the, the lowest on the board before some of the others. Or worse, they could have done what Green Bay did and waste their pick. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. And I remember mocking on a completely separate point the Eagles for taking Jalen Hurts in the second. Why would you take a quarterback at the second just to do like glitch plays and you know those kind of things? But well, they need him now, don't they? How it all how it all how it all turns yeah. out. Maybe they saw how it was going to turn out. Exactly. So this year's wide receivers, we've. Uh, We've done it again, haven't we? We've gone with three receivers each that we, we like or we think is worth talking about or think will be toward the top end of the sort of receiver rankings of where they fall. Um, and we we let we sort of probably will spend a little bit more time on the first three and then kind of smaller chunks of on the on the other three, right? Um and uh in this to this round's draft Tristan, no, who was first? It was Suck, yes. you were first. Ah, um, yeah, so who have you got as and it can be your wide receiver one, or you just think it's the, the, the most likely first wide receiver off the board? Who have you got? Why they're there, and what's their sort of ceiling and floor in this draft? Yeah, so opinion? I've got uh, Jamar Chase, a wide receiver out of LSU. Um, so a bit of a strange one, obviously, this year to evaluate, given the fact that he didn't um, play this season. You know, he, he chose to opt out, um, which, in a way, I, I can completely understand it because he went back from having, you know, you know, a really, really positive season. You know, with obviously Joe Burrow throwing him the ball, it was always going to be difficult to sort of emulate that again in your next season, in your junior year, given you know the fact that Joe Burrow has obviously been drafted. So. From a from from the standpoint, I think he's probably done the right thing because you know the only way things were going to look would would potentially be down. So at least at this point, the game film you're looking at is obviously the film from you know 2019. Um, so just obviously looking at uh, Jamar Chase, he's six foot one, 207 pounds. He's the uh, he was the 2019 or do we class it as 220? Uh, Belichick uh, a winner for the best wide receiver. He was a five star recruit. So he had the pick of, you know, pretty much joining any sort of college team that he wanted, but he decided to stay local with um, LSU. Uh, 2019, he had, you know, one of the best um, seasons of receivers had, um, you know, in college football. Obviously, someone else uh, has, uh, you know, obviously done better than that, uh, which we'll go into later. But um, looking at his, obviously, stats, so 2019, he had 84 receptions. For 1,780 yards, an average of 21.2 and 20 touchdowns, which is just absolutely amazing. Um, in, in terms of his sort of best games, uh, looking at the national championship game against Clemson, sorry, Tristan, again, I thought that was uh, you, you know, a really good game for him. The Ole Miss game as well. Uh, but the main game that I like to talk about is the Alabama game. Um, 
he pretty much torched um, Travon Diggs. Now, bless him, Travon Diggs, probably last year, the early part was looking at being sort of a solid, you know, sort of first-round pick. I wouldn't say he was sort of at the level of where we're mocking, you know, Patrick Sertain, for example, but he was definitely being talked about as a sort of mid-to-late first-round pick. And I think this is the game that pretty much put him into sort of second-round contention. He literally was absolutely torched by Jamar Chase. Um, in terms of the tangibles um, for Jamar Chase, so he's great at creating separation. He's a good route runner. He's got great hands. Um, and, you know, he, he's played against top-level competition. Like you said, you know, he's not the biggest receiver in the world. None of the, the ones that we're going to talk about in the top three are pretty much, you know, your prototypical six-foot-four wide receivers with a big build. You know, they, they do have... Um, you know, a different sort of build um, and, you know, run after catch as well. He, he's very good with that. He fights for the extra yards, very competitive. Um, he's the kind of receiver which for an NFL team, you can slot him in anywhere. And I think he'll, you know, make good with being an X, Y or Z. You know, he he's going to be that sort of receiver, which some of the other receivers, you may not necessarily have that tangible where you can slot him into any position. But I think Jamar Chase for me, is he's on par of being yeah, the number one receiver um, in this year's draft. There is another receiver, which um, I know we discussed earlier, who I think is on par with him. Um, but I think a lot of teams will look at Jamar Chase as being their number one uh, receiver. In terms of any sort of negative things, I mean, the only thing you can say is obviously the lack of experience. You know, he's had that one solid season at LSU. Um, granted, it was such a you know, remarkable season, but then you've got Joe Burrow throwing the ball. Um, so you, you've got to, you, you know, it's it's difficult, you know, from that evaluation standpoint to see, you know, if if he had, um, I forgot who the LSU quarterback was this year now. Oh, there's two of them. There's two of them, wasn't there? Right. Yeah. Well, whoever they the LSU a... quarterback oh. is, whether or not you know he'd have you know as much of a productive season as as he had with Burrow, obviously he wouldn't, and there would be a drop off, which is why I guess he's opted out. But at the same time, you know you, you want to see him you know play with that sort of um, you know underdeveloped quarterback and see how you know well he performs. Um, the other thing, obviously, we're going to talk about is you know sort of his measurables. You know, six foot one, two hundred and seven pounds. He, he's the fact that he's been mocked at number three a lot to, you know, the Miami Dolphins, for me, I personally think that's a bit rich because he's not your prototypical sort of wide receiver who would normally go in the top 10. If you look at sort of like a Julio Jones, Mike Evans, um, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, players who have gone, you know, very high. Um, I think for me personally, I think he is a top 10 pick, but, you know, number three, certainly looking at it uh, in a way. But my Miami Dolphins, you know, may want to trade down the pick and maybe still, you know, get him. We don't know. Um, it'll be interesting. But, yeah, for me, I, I have him just slightly above some of the others as the number one receiver. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Mind. Yeah, I, I like Chase. Like, I just, I think, yeah, the only concerns, like you say, is does he have the size to be a top five fit. Um, I think the modern game's changing a little bit. I think smaller receivers are going to become the norm. 
receivers an odd position when it comes to the draft. You talk about DeAndre Hopkins going early. Uh, he went 27th pick. Oh, he did he? Drafted. Okay. He was a uh, late first round. Like receivers, I always find a really odd bunch. Like, uh, I'm thinking of the wrong Cardinals wide receiver. Then let's say Larry Fitz. Then. Larry Fitz is good, but yeah, I, I I can't really add much more to your observation of Jamar Chase. Really, I don't know if Nick can. No, I agree. I think he. I mean, if you everywhere you read, people have him as wide receiver number one, and I think he's. I think despite opting out, it's not affected his stock whatsoever. He'll be gone in the top 10. Um, you can't have... I think, you know, if you're going to mic drop and sit out a season, then do it off the back of the season he had in 20, uh, 20, 20, yeah. 2019. Yeah, so I'm getting my years mixed up. Um, you know, he was unbelievable. Um, you know, that... If he did that season this year, he might have won the Heisman. So, um, but yeah, he's he's electric. He's he's uh, still obviously he's a junior, mm. right? So is he technically only played two seasons? Is he, um, is, his yeah, his first season, freshman season, was quite underwhelming. There was nothing really to even go on. I mean, um, twenty-three receptions, uh, three hundred thirteen yards, three touchdowns. But then again, Joe Burrow wasn't really Joe Burrow that. You know, he was just starting to become, you know, the quarterback, you know, LSU um, at that point. And obviously, you know, things obviously changed a lot since then, haven't they? Since that year. No, I agree. I agree. Um, from one SEC wide receiver to another, Tristan, you were next uh, to select your wide receiver. Who have you gone for? Why? Where do you see their ceiling and floor being in this year's draft? Well, I, luckily for me, ended up picking who would become my favourite wide receiver in this this draft class, and that's Jalen Waddle from Alabama. Uh, 5'10", 182 pounds, very sort of slender frame, um, which is one of the concerns, obviously, going to the next level. Slender frame guys don't always translate as well as they could, you know, for every Tyreek Hill, you get a Jalen Rager, who, you know, it just doesn't completely translate. But when I was watching the when I was watching the film on Jalen Waddle, just his explosiveness, his ability to draw defenders to him, his ability to create separation at top end speed, he has a ridiculous catch radius. Like he can if you throw a ball within five yards near him, he somehow, even at 5'10", finds a way to reach forward, back for it. A lot of times when he was in the game, he bailed Mac Jones out on underthrown or overthrown passes. And if you're looking for a particular game that epitomises how Jalen Waddle plays and what he can do, um, go and look at the Georgia game from last year. Because... <laughs> He does two things really well in this game. He gets himself a bunch of stats. But what he does, and I screenshot this and sent it to you guys in the WhatsApp earlier, is he drew so many defenders to him that it allows Devonta Smith to go off and have an even more bonkers game because he was being double covered. He had three defenders tracking him. He just, he has everything that the modern NFL is looking for in a wide receiver. And again, when you look at floor and stealing, that's sort of him. I saw someone on YouTube put it very well. Um, that his 
His floor is Brandon Cooks, a solid 1,000-yard receiver every year, bit of a gadgety-style player, but his, you know, that ceiling, the top end is, he has all the same intangibles that Tyreek Hill does, that ability to take the top off the defense, that breakneck speed. He can blow double coverage apart. He, he has so much positive that you want to look for. And again, and the reason I have him as my favorite and my wide receiver one in this draft class is I think out of the top three wide receivers, his potential is just the highest. But if he hits his ceiling and goes through it, he will be the best wide receiver to come out of this draft class. Now, obviously, there are concerns about the height, the weight, the you know availability. Then the receivers are a bit more injury prone. Um, I don't think he'll have so much of that problem because where a lot of these slender receivers struggle and end up getting injuries is they don't they're just not as good at creating separation as he is like the, the easiest way to put it he's Henry Ruggs on steroids for me as a player he has everything that Henry Ruggs had coming out last year and just a bit more he has the speed to just blow away defenses and he can be wide open and he's always just He's always got space around him, and there's not many receivers that can just constantly say they have a five-yard barrier around them to just operate in. And a bit, but so, so there's a couple of games you want to go and watch. The Georgia game is, and um, you can go and watch the Texas A&M game. He had 142 yards in that one. And um, but Missouri for me is a really good game because it shows off catching ability a bit more. He makes some wonderful contested catches. Um, and he does so also in the Georgia game. There's one play where he's, you know, he's outside one-on-one um, with Tyson Campbell, who is one of the better DBs in college football. A lot of people were talking about Tyson Campbell as a first-round pick. And he's stacked him up. He's got his body in a position that on a one-on-one contested catch doesn't give Campbell a chance to make a play. And for someone at 5'10 to stack up a DB in the way he does, it's just remarkable. The tape is a really enjoyable watch, and I think he has all the upside in the world. Yeah, do, yeah. We we've had this discussion already, and I think I watched some. I watched some tape. I mean, Waddle wasn't my job to watch, but I watched some tape of Waddle and watched from Devonta Smith, and I think I decided that we and we kind of agreed that when it comes to who is going to select who, it's definitely a scheme fit because we are not comparing two receivers who do similar things. Mm. We are comparing one speedster who's a bit of like a human joystick who can take the top off, get crazy amounts of separation um, and, and can do a bit of it all compared to a guy who's a little bit taller, uh, huge red zone threat coming off a uh, a Heisman winning season, um, who who seems to to have excelled in his own right. So it's difficult, and I think um, it will come down to who fits which scheme. As a Giants fan, um, I actually would rather maybe take Jalen Waddle just because uh, separation is something that the Giants have majorly struggled with, and if Smith can uh, Chase can get that more than Smith can. Then, because that's the thing that Daniel Jones has never really had the opportunity to throw the guys in space too often, so that would help him a lot in a year that he really needs it. 
Um, so, so yeah, but um, the only thing that I, I want to say I take umbrage to, but I, brand, <laughs> although you'll probably look at me because we've had, we had this conversation very weirdly about Brandon Cooks in, in a game of Hit Miss Mare and it got, um, the debate went on where I was possibly not as high on Brandon Cooks as maybe you were or somebody was, I can't remember who it was, but um, I still have a lot of respect for Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Brandon Cooks has put together a, I think, I think it was like, was he, were we arguing between like high level meh and low level hit? I can't remember. Maybe let's say we just did that. I I think I remember the conversation slightly. You, we, me and Sook, it was, we were talking about Golden Tate versus Brandon Cooks because me and Sook mm. rated Cooks higher than Golden Tate. And you felt Golden Tate was had the edge, and I remember Eastern, um were very much like, "Look at the stats for Brandon Cooks since he's entered the league. Look at what he's achieved in less time than Tate." And and I think I, I genuinely think Brandon Cooks is one of the more solid receivers in the league. He doesn't he doesn't even on bad teams doesn't tend, tend to have terrible years. Mm. And he's a dependable pair of hands. All right. So I'm actually going to support that because I don't disagree with that. And I'm going to support that by saying, I think it's, this is not you. You didn't make this statement. You just brought it to the table, but you do agree with it. I think it's really, I hate comparison. I hate people saying what players, I don't mind people saying what their ceilings are, but I hate people telling them what their flaws are because there's no way Jalen Waddle's floor is Brandon Cooks. Like we've we've watched receivers who are supposed to, well, we've known receivers who are supposed to be insane stars, and you know have have ended up in, in the doldrums of the league. I don't. I just don't see like. I don't think it's fair to say Waddle's floor is Brandon Cooks. So we're saying that. Worst comes to worst, Waddle will definitely still be a, at least around a thousand yard a season receiver. That's really, really high praise. Like, you kind of be wanting to bet your house on mm. Waddle because if you think, if if a person, sorry, if a person thinks, and the person with this original statement thinks that Waddle's floor, like, no matter how bad he is, his worst he's going to be is Brandon Cooks. Then I would be taking him like. I would yeah, take him top three. Would. No, yeah. no, no, no problem. Der- you could end up being would, Darius Hayward Bay for all we know. Yeah, so I mean, I think I think you know people watch what they see, and there's people. But every year, there's guys who people will say their floor is a two or three time Pro Bowl. That's their floor. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's I, I get it, but then I also think it's a very risky game mm. to play. We do it every year. Very All the analysts do it every year. I was watching. Um, I think I was watching the draft last year's draft on the ESPN coverage this morning um mm. I was trying to think who are they talking about as just being generational and I was just like I can't remember who the player was but but yeah. you see it every year don't you they talk about this player being generational and then ends up being like a complete and utter farce you know when when you look at it three four years down just, the line definitely because I mean and I and, I, and, and I'm sorry I'm not trying, trying to speak on Tristan's behalf but I don't I think Tristan likes the comparison of if Waddle doesn't turn out to be fantastic, he could be a bit like Brandon Cooks. But I don't I don't mean I 
Tristan, would you, you wouldn't bet your would you bet no. your next year's salary on it? Waddle will definitely have the season, the career of Brandon Cooks at work. No, not at all. No, and, and I, I, I know what you. I know what you mean by it, though. Yeah, and like I say, it's. I think. I think he has a very decent, you know, floor. I again, mm-hmm. I really like Jaden Waddle. I think he has all that capability. Yes, I. I sort of. I do also agree with you to a degree. These these comparisons of where floor could be. They're impossible to do because we, like, I think I said it in the chat earlier, what happens if in the first game of the season any of these wide receivers, you know, goes and breaks a leg yeah. or something and has something mm-hmm. that can alter their entire career? Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, any of them can have an injury at the very beginning of their career that totally changes the game for them. So mm-hmm. it's, it's tough to say who someone's going to be off, mm-hmm. off the bat. Yeah, and when you're talking about the ceiling, you always talk about Obviously, these sort of speed guys, the ceiling's always Tyree Kill. There's only ever been really one Tyree Kill. How many more Tyree Kills have there been in the NFL? Even before Tyree Kill, not many. So when you when you sort of compare that, that's a lot to put on, you know, a prospect to say they're going to end up being that way. I mean, you look at sort of similar guys who have been, you know, speed guys like John Ross, for example, I think I mentioned in the chat before. He's, um, he's not exactly... Yeah, I always thought... I always thought John Ross was Darius Hayward's face. Yeah, that was that, that was my that would have been my comparison. Yeah. And trying to give me a heart attack by bringing DHB's name into conversation. I, I, as a Raiders I fan. do I do apologise, but I had to pick on one of the <laughs> two, didn't I? And I thought and I, I don't want Nick thinking I'm picking on him all the time. No, I understand. <laughs> no, I think I think I think it's I think it's fair. Like, do you do you honestly like? Do you, you know, I, I don't mind if people disagree with me. That's kind of the point point of the debate. But you, I mean, you, do you see my point? Suck that what I was saying like that. I think it's if you if if someone told me now that if I could take Jalen Waddle and the worst I'll end up with Brandon Cooks, you know, you you'd run oh, to yeah, the podium 100%. for him because no. because you're saying like worst comes to worst, you'll get a very solid wide receiver mm. number two. You know that's 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 exactly. Yeah. That's, that's and the odd season right has been number one as well. He's had a well, I mean, Cooks has had a couple of seasons where he did get a thousand yards Definitely. as well. So yeah, I'll, I'd take that. So uh, with the third wide receiver to take, it's it's very rare, and I do think it's very rare that we talk about, and it's not just you guys. It's genuinely been a a a, a, a discussion topic. Uh, that many people have this guy as their number three wide receiver. I, I, I'm I'm torn. I kind of like this guy as number two. It depends what you look for in a receiver. Um, I'm talking about the highs and winner Devonta Smith. Um, a name that I'm sure you'll all be very familiar with, especially those who are new to college football, because um, compared in comparison to the other two guys, if you're new to college football this season, you are actually obviously able Talking to watch him, him every yeah. week and, and, and yeah, exactly it's you know he's he's the only one of those three that have been playing regularly obviously waddle injury and chase often out um but given this platform he's he's taken it in every sense of the word devonta smith uh, and mac jones created one of the the most dangerous pairing um in college football this year smith um had, I mean, even last year trying to catch passes um, between uh, 
Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs still managed to to get over 1,250 yards, 14 touchdowns and 18.5 yards per reception, um, which is obviously terrific. Um, But this year he managed to, to outdo himself as the clear number one receiver on the team. It was fit and available. Uh, 1,856 yards, 23 touchdowns. Um, yeah, so I, I, I watched, obviously, as I said, I watched Waddle's tape and I watched some Devonta Smith's tape. And, and Devonta Smith, I, I feel like he's he's definitely, him and Waddle work together so well because they are literally like Judy and Ruggs last year. They've, um, except... Tristan and I agree that um, Waddle is a, a better version of Ruggs. Um, if if Ruggs is Tyreek Hill light, then Waddle is Tyreek Hill medium. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Devonta Smith is a lot more like Jerry Judy, and it is because Judy doesn't have top level speed. Smith doesn't. Smith's quick. Smith is quick. So I'm not. We, this is not us talking like Travis Etienne. Um, uh, Najee Harris Smith is actually very quick but he's not an absolute speedster but what, what Smith is what Smith has proven that he's good at is he scored touchdowns in all variety of ways this year one of his things I mean he seems to on streaks if you put him on the outside there was barely a DB that could contain him this year and, and that includes the very very uber talented future top 10 pick Derek Stingley from LSU, um, who he burned on one play uh, in an SEC game this year. Smith has been huge around the red zone. Um, Mac Jones has actually been bailed out a few times when he's fired absolute bullets to the back of the end zone, and Smiths hold them in like a like a. Uh, I'm trying to think of the receiver that I'm thinking of, like a DeAndre Hopkins on the on, you know t- toe tapping at the back of the end zone. Um, crossing routes, Smith's also actually been very good on short routes, like slants and stuff. He's managed to put the afterburners on and get to the uh, get to the end zone. But the 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 meat and drink seems to be Matt Jones winding it up and and Smith coming down with it, fifty yards, forty yards down the field. Um, the the thing that worries people, he's about six foot one, but he is uh, he's only like one hundred and seventy something pounds. So one of the things. Jalen Waddle is built like a small, a smaller receiver, and that might sound a bit strange, but he's he's definitely a more he's he's more grown into his body. Waddle is than I think Smith is. Smith still looks a little bit lean, a little bit lanky, um, but I think I'm hope. I mean, I'm hoping for his sake, the conditioning he gets in the NFL, he'll put on some some weight because he's going to have to. He's gonna to have to because you know he's bully he's he's bullying a lot of these um, college corners. But you go in the NFL with some bigger guys, you know, you got to put. I mean, Devonta Smith. Like, let's realistically think where he could go to um, if he ends up. You know, if he ended up in who's a good example. If he ended up in Miami, you know, going up against guys like Stefan Gilmore and stuff. Vegas, he's still why? there or. Javius White, exactly. Who's a he's a beast. If he ended up falling all the way mid round to Arizona, you don't want to go up against Jalen Ramsey. I'd love. I mean, Jalen looks like Jalen Ramsey would maybe eat Devonta Smith alive. 
But, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson's a, a, a fairly tall guy, taller than Devonta Smith. And I, and I actually thought Jefferson put on a lot of muscle, more muscle um, than I saw him in at LSU. Um, and so I hope Devonta Smith can do the same. Another knock on Smith. It's not a knock because there's nothing you can do about it. It's obviously he's a senior. Um, you know, teams teams like to to stay as young as possible, isn't it? It's like when uh, in the NBA draft when someone snags somebody who's barely turned eighteen. It's like, oh god, he's been in the league for five years. He's only twenty two. Um, yeah, that 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 plays on people's minds. You know, one year older Smith. If he's a senior, then. Smith might be what, like twenty five, twenty six when his no, uh, I, when his I don't think it's quite as bad as people think. I think come the draft he'll be twenty three, twenty. He's either twenty four or twenty four going into the draft, where the others will be twenty one going twenty two. He's really only a year older than the others. He's not because he never redshirted. He's not a redshirt. He's not Joe Burrow who went in as a rookie senior at twenty four going twenty five. So. I think the age thing for me is one of the knocks that I don't completely understand. Like, yes, it's one year of development extra that he's had, but I think 23 is still, for a receiver, relatively young. When you look at most receivers, don't peak until they're 26 to 28. That's when you start really getting into the prime time age for a receiver. So I still, that's one of the knocks. Like, I have some knocks. Uh, as one of the sniffers we've had conversations about in the past, but that's one of the ones that mm. I think people probably can gloss over a bit more. It's fair, it's fair, but I do. I think Smith will suit. There'll be certain teams that Smith will suit better. I think Smith will suit the Eagles better if they go receiver at six than Waddle, just because they've already gone for their sort of more diminutive um, speedster who can also. Um, work in play action and stuff like that and um, end around swing passes and things like that. So Smith would be a better option for them. You know, you don't want two players of a similar ilk in Riga and, um, Waddle. and Waddle. Whereas the Giants, of course, we've talk- I talked about before the start of the show that um, maybe Waddle would be someone better for the Giants than Smith because w- Waddle definitely gets more separation in general than than Smith does. And not that Smith seems. I mean, I've watched plenty of players where Smith gets plenty of separation, but Waddle's just got that afterburn pace over the top. That you know, if he can stretch the field, hopefully, some of the other Giants players, you know, Shepard, Slayton, and Austin Mack, if he's there as well, can can uh, can get more receptions. But yeah, it's 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 a preference. I definitely think that. You know, a lot of people. There's been there's been a lot of people knocking on. Devonta Smith and I just I, I just would like to politely remind those people that you know he did just have an insane insane season um, and and not just played put the stats up but in a in a year that was obviously very difficult for anybody to play in um, in uncertain times he he kind of prevailed so. It's nice, you know. I, I I don't have, you know, I don't possibly would like to say negative things about players who opted out. Of course, they do it for personal reasons, and you can't tell them any different. But the players who did play and excelled, I think, deserve deserve a lot of credit. Um, for because it it mess with your mind for sure. You know, it's not just as simple as running on the field every day. Players are tested 
constantly and protocols and playing in empty stadiums and stuff like that. It's definitely got to wear up. Mm. You know, ten percent full stadiums got away on the mind. So, no, any player who's did who did exceptionally well this last year deserves a lot of credit, and I and I, and I think teams will recognise that. I mean, the day we're splitting hairs, whatever we think between Smith and Waddle, they're going to be picked uh, a matter of probably single digit number between each other, right? Like, we if, if Waddle's picked at six, I don't really see Smith going past fifteen. So we are splitting hairs where we think, you know. The gap between these receivers, because um, you know who it's New England at fifteen, right? If 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 Devonta Smith's there at fifteen, you know he's gone. There's no way the Patriots pass up on Devonta Smith at fifteen if he's still there. Um, Unless you take Pitts, his, his ceiling. I think. Well, I think Pitts could be gone by then. So, but yeah. Well, if, if he goes, fine. If he doesn't, if he goes at fifteen, then. He's not that. He's still gone. He's still there at fifteen. Then um, seventeen Cardinals. There you go. You'll be. You know what I mean. Like he'll be gone. He, there's not. A, there's not a chance in hell. Smiths in the twenties. Is there really? Does anyone um, see that? I, I think there is a chance because I was. I was listening to. It's a bit random. So I was listening to a podcast that was a year old today. Uh, just going back, just to see what. You know, other analysts were talking about in terms of these receivers, and the one point we mentioned—I know you're talking about Waddle having sort of the same sort of measurables in terms of height and weight—but you know, Devonta Smith's—he's um, he, slightly taller, isn't he, than Waddle, six foot one? But his weight is a lot, lot less. There's not many receivers in with that sort of um, weight who have actually been, you know, too successful at a top, top level in the NFL, like. I think they mentioned some of the receivers, you know, like Deshaun Jackson, Emmanuel Sanders, and I think John Brown. They're very few and far between. So teams might still be thinking, well, yes, we're getting a good receiver, but at the same time, is he going to be someone that we're going to, you know, force a top 10, top 15 pick on? You know, there could be teams that will maybe bulk. And that's why in the original mock, I had, I did actually have him to the Cardinals, didn't I? But, um, so mm. I think there's still a chance that that can that can happen. Um, you know, it's not guaranteed that he's going to go sort of early. Yeah, I, I I agree. The biggest knock I have on Devonta Smith, and it is that frame, and it's not because he's slender. It's it's he's lean. But when I look at him, I and, and Nick sort of alluded to, you'd like to see him put on weight mm. to add to that frame. And when I look at that frame, I don't see where it's addable. I don't see that he can bulk more than an extra five pounds to that frame. I think at best you're going to get him at 180, which is, with, with that size, if you're going to be that slender, I think you, in the modern NFL, you're going to need that elite speed. Because I think the problem Devonta Smith will run into is at the NFL level, I don't think any team is going to ever want to double cover him. I think they're going to put a physical DB on him. And that's a one-on-one matchup that some DBs are going to like. And I I think if you're taking a receiver in the the top 10 to top 15, you're hoping that they progress into a number one receiver for your team that at some point will require double coverage to give you that additional extra room to manoeuvre. I I just don't see Devonta Smith turning into a 
the receiver that's ever going to require double coverage. Yes, he has absolutely superb route running ability. Um, he has probably sort of the nicest set of hands in this draft. I, it's again, it's that frame and some of the lack of athleticism, which for me, I sort of agree with Stuff. I think if the board works out a certain way and some teams trade up for QBs, because there's a lot of good QBs in this draft, there's some that we're going to be reached on. This is also a, a, a draft that's quite deep on the offensive line and is also got a lot of offensive line needy teams. I could mm. see. Devonta Smith being the third receiver off the board in the early 20s, just looking at how the board could play out with teams looking for other positions. I don't necessarily think that he's not in the top 20 when it comes to talent. I think he's proven that he's an exceptional route runner, exceptional catch of the ball, and absolutely offers something at the next level. And in, in my view, he will probably be a very, very good number two receiver for a team. Um, and he will be very solid. He will have decent numbers throughout his career. I just don't see him ever setting the world on fire um, as a player. But but I see Nick's point. If there's a receiver needy team in the teams and Waddle and Chase are gone, Smith is to clear number three. The re- there's a little bit of a drop-off towards the rest of them. I, I think Smith is a very intriguing prospect. And I think, I think certain teams will be put off that frame a little bit. Yeah, I think I think in terms of speed, I think he's going to be running around like a four four eight or something like that, which is still very quick, and it's still obviously easy enough to be a. Uh, I don't think I don't think Devontae Adams runs much quicker than that, or Michael Thomas runs much quicker than that. So I don't think his speed is going to be too much of an issue. Yeah, but he's a big the frame comparison. So yeah, of those Adams and Thomas, they're big body. They've got the weight to back up onto her. If they're playing a jump ball, they can back into a DB and they can eat there. Yeah. Devonta Smith will be eaten yeah. by the DB. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, talk, I'm sorry. Did I, did, I thought I said, I thought I was talking about speed. I thought we were talking about, that's what I, I was, I wasn't talking about height and weight. I just talked about speed. Like, and one of the questions, if you, if you don't have great speed, it's going to be one of the knocks on him, but if you're running a four four eight, that's probably fine. It's, yeah, it's, it's workable. But yeah, what, what we, it was, you were sort of comparing Nesby to two very different style receivers. So you were sort of saying about Thomas and Adams, they're two very different receivers to what you're asking Devonta Smith to be. Is, yeah, uh, we were I'm going. not asking him to be one of them. Sorry, I was just, I was just saying that, like, if, if there's one of the questions is, oh, his question is his weight, his question is his speed. Well, his, his speed isn't, Really, an issue. If if I mean, it's it's not going to be Tyree Kill like, but it's going to be as. Uh, I think I've seen a quote on him, like someone I can't remember who it was. There was a quote on him that said, like, how fast? It was a beat reporter said. There's been questions about how fast is Devonta Smith, and the answer is fast enough for him to be able to run away from his, mm. run away from his defenders. I think was the the point. It basically means he's fast enough. He's fast enough to be an NFL receiver. We need but, the combine yeah, video, don't we, where they're uh, you know running running along mm. some of the comparable receivers and Rich Eisen, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be funny. Oh. Well, okay. Um, so 
we've done the three main guys, so now we're going to fly through. I was just going to say six. before we do that, because I hope you guys have got time anyway, uh, just for some of the listeners. Obviously, I know we talked about a comparison between these three and the three from last year's draft in Ruggs, Lamb, and Judy. Just wanted to get your sort of take on, you know, what order you would have these guys in and, you know, who is sort of similar. I know we kind of touched upon it anyway, but, you know, who's sort of similar, you know, for those who are sort of new to college football. Oh, we're sort of comparing. So you want to sort of have the comparison of, for instance, Jalen Waddle is the Henry Ruggs yeah. of this year's and, draft, and, like and you've got Devonta Smith and Jude. Yeah, pretty much. Just just to give the listeners a bit of an idea and what order you would have the six in there. I just think it's an interesting debate, to be honest. Nick, do you want to go first? Sorry, I've put you on the spot. And I... <laughs> are we? Are we? Are we talking? Are we talking coming out of college? Yeah. Like, because obviously we've yeah, seen com- three coming out senior college. seasons. Uh, I, I don't, I didn't know the first year. <laughs> I'll, I'll, um, I'll go first. I've sort of got this. I, I did mention it in the chat earlier, but I would change one of its directly coming out of college. If I was to rank those six wide receivers in the order that I would take them, I'd have Jerry Judy number one, Jalen Waddle number two, Jamar Chase number three, Henry Ruggs would be Four, I'd then take C.D. Lamb, Devonta Smith. Is he going to go for the two, all the top receivers from the last couple of years? Um, oh, this is tough. I would. I, I, I honestly, I'm really struggling with it. Um, I, I would, I would. I don't know. Honestly, like I, I, I keep. I've actually in the last thirty seconds put four different people at number one. Um, I would. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of split it into like my three favorites and then my three mm. least favorites. So my bottom three would be rugs. Um, rugs and Devonta Smith are my bottom two. I just don't know which way okay. to put them round. Um, uh, I would put I would put Waddle 4 I'd put Chase 3 and we're talking about what we saw before they came in the NFL I would put Lamb 2 and Judy 1 that was hard, <laughs> and I probably would do it again tomorrow. Can... And completely change it up. The only one for me I, that I like... is a constant. I would think I'd always have Jerry Judy number one. I, I know. Yeah, he... his route running yeah. was Julio Jones like. So. And even after yeah. his first year in the NFL, I know he may have not been the number one receiver last year. He's not got a good quarterback thrown to him, and he still looks brilliant. Like he still had highlight games and. Took a little bit of time to get used to that offense. I still think Jerry Judy will be the best receiver out of that class. I think I think he's got a bit more talent than the others. Um, mm. When I look at Devon, I like big. I like big receivers, you know. So Ceedee Lamb at two is just because I, I like I like my six foot three plus receivers. It was his, like, it's his rack that I, I really liked coming out of college. Ceedee Lamb. It was just 
for a big guy, he could move after the cat. Unlike yes, he could. Like um, sometimes big guys can't have that run after the catch ability. And I was again very surprised when he fell quite as far as he did last year. I when I again I wanted the Raiders to take Judy. If they weren't taking Judy, I wanted them to take Lamb. I I understood the Henry Ruggs pick, but Henry Ruggs has always received a free for me. He always he was a speedster, and he's not as polished as Jalen Wardle is coming out for me. But yeah, I think that those six you could order in any which way you want and justify it, and it'd be tough to argue. Interesting. Mm. Okay. So come on, let's let's um, spin through and talk for maybe a couple minutes each on our wide receivers four through nine. Uh, Suk, you go first. You yeah, so I've about? got uh, Rashad Bateman. Oh. Uh, yeah, got Rashad Bateman there, wide receiver for the uh, Minnesota Gophers. So he's a six foot two wide receiver, two hundred and ten pounds, um, Big Ten receiver, obviously. Um, yeah, he had a this season. He did play some some ball this season, but he was kind of a bit of a bizarre one. So he originally opted out of the um, season, then decided to come back in. And then, to put it bluntly, he realised how shit his quarterback was and his team was, and he decided to then opt back out. So, you know, yeah, sensible uh, in, out, in, out, you know, um, shake it all about. So, with Rashad Bateman. Um, But some decent numbers in 2019, uh, despite, you know, having Tanner Morgan as as his quarterback. He had um, a good one two punch there with Tyler Johnson. Um, He racked up um, 1,219 yards uh, with 11 touchdowns. Um, yeah, and some of, in terms of his best games, um, there's, a, there's a game against Northwestern, which I really enjoyed. Uh, he, he had three touchdowns there, but they're all very different type of touchdowns. So one um, was a great leap um, for the first touchdown. There was another one where he got the touchdown on a sort of a corner route, you know, great, great separation. Um, another game that I enjoyed of his was an Illinois game from this year. Um, there's a there's a really nice catch that he makes where he sort of makes the catch, um, cuts in, you know, on, on a couple of occasions and literally just, you know, goes round to the left. And I thought that was very impressive for him. Um, he's got good hands. Um, he's good at the middle of the field as well. So, he, you know, sometimes if you need that extra sort of... Um, you know, a few yards, he's there to, to get that catch in for you. He's a good route runner. Um, he's got a good, he's good with the stiff arm as well. So he's very physical with, um, you know, defensive opponents. Sorry, I'm just a bit put off because I've just seen news that apparently Levante David is going to be leaving, but never mind. Yeah, I know. That's just Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, apparently he's, there's, um, Mike Garofalo just put up that, um, yeah, he could be going. That is absolutely gutting. Um, anyway. <laughs> on what? what on, it's Mike Garofalo's tweeted saying that it's likely that he's going to be testing the market and going. I don't that... know if it's anything official, but it's... It's like... they're saying... Is it Danny him? Because he hasn't tweeted in... Someone's... He hasn't tweeted until since 42 Someone's minutes sent ago. Me this just now. It's definitely... It's from the NFL and it's according to Mike Garofalo. Yeah, it's on the books mm. chat. So it just says, end of Levante David in Tampa Bay. There's general sense that Levante David is going to be headed elsewhere. 
bollocks. Anyway, um, <laughs> Rashad Bateman then. So some of the things that he could improve upon is his speed. He has been known to drop a few catches as well um, and, you know, blocking ability. But then again, now with the way obviously offensive schemes are, you know, you don't really, not much, so, so many teams don't necessarily want um, their receivers, you know, blocking. So for me, he's he's a good receiver. He's definitely, you know, one of the best out of sort of the second tier. Whether he goes in the first round remains to be seen. He could easily be a sort of early second round pick, you know, late first round. For me, I'd say more early second round, personally. That's fair enough, fair enough. Tristan, who's up next for you? Uh, Kadarius Tony. Um, so you're looking here at a bit of a late rise on the draft board, uh, 5'11", 189 pounds. Speedster um, primarily is going to function as a slot guy as someone who catches short to intermediate routes and tries to take it to a the house. He's an explosive playmaker, has absolutely wonderful run out of the catch ability. Uh, he's got really good quick first step. He's got really nice footwork in contact balances. Just he, he can ride a tackle and keep going. Um, has all the greatest of hands, isn't ever going to be a downfield receiver threat again. He's sort of, the way I look at um, Kadari Tony, he's the sort of player the Kansas City Chiefs would have, that they just throw something to him in the backfield and he'd somehow scoot past three defenders and take it to the house. He's got that sort of ability. He isn't ever going to be a natural mm-hmm. outside receiver. You're not going to line him up on a streak and hope that he takes the top off the defense. Hmm. Silence. <laughs> Silence. Take the top off the defense and then just yeah. mic drop. Fair play. Okay. I think Tristan's probably just sitting there like, yeah, that's all I have to say. I'm done. To the top of the defense. I've naturally <laughs> finished that. All right. Well, no, I, I, <laughs> well, anyway. I, I did have more to say. I'm sorry if I cut out there. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you now. Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, I was I was saying he can't really take the top of the defense and he only really started doing it this year. His best year prior to this year was twenty eighteen where he had two hundred and sixty yards and this year he had nine hundred and eighty four. Um if you want to go and watch a game that shows you the best of Kadarius Tony, um just go and watch that L S U game where he had nine catches for hundred and eighty two yards, just averaging twenty odd yards of play. It shows you everything you need to know about Tony. For me, second to third round talent looking at the tape a bit more. I know we've mocked him in the first and some people see the upside, but just looking at it in a bit more depth, mid-round sort of talent for me. Okay, I play. Um, yeah, I'm going with the guy from the Big Ten, Rondell Moore from Purdue. Um, yeah, what Rondell Moore is, he's a little bit like, he's like a little bowling ball. He's not a tall guy. Um He's uh, I've got one five foot five foot nine, but honestly, he's got some of the most fun footage to watch. They use him in majority, and it seems to be a lot of the more average Big Ten teams don't tend to go downfield too much, and they just swing passes, play action, um, you know lining them up in the backfield kind of thing. Rondo Moore is such a gadget player, but honestly, 
I don't know if it's because of bad tackling in the Big Ten, but he he literally is like a little bowling ball, and he is so strong for his height that literally like just drags himself out of tackles and then just bursts away. He's got you know he's got ridiculous speed as well. He's a really really nice piece of an offense, and I think he'll he'll be gone early to mid second round. I don't see him be any later than sort of the 40. He'll be gone by like the 45th pick. Um, could be gone in the first round even. I, I wouldn't take him in the first round. The thing is, though, with whether or not more, yes, there's some good footage of him on a couple of occasions catching passes downfield, but I, 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 did, I really didn't need to watch too much more tape than watching a full game of him against Nebraska earlier this season. And with Moore, you do not use a first round well, unless you're maybe like the Bucks or the Chiefs having gone to the Super Bowl and you've kind of got more of the more of the pick of the the spoils with already having a pretty put together team. Although we need a bombshell you just shed suck. You need a linebacker. <laughs> um Yeah. Um I uh you don't you don't use you don't use an early first round pick on Rondon Moore because you don't why would you use why would you draft a receiver who's primarily used for gadget plays? He's like a better Michael Hardman. Uh, you don't, you don't do that. Um, he'll be a great piece of an offense. If anyone, I would kind of, you know, if the 49ers like that kind of team where they're picking ish high, but, and I'm talking about second round, like a team who off maybe false picking, like picking where they, you know, maybe they had injuries last season and we all know that they're going to bounce back better. Um, maybe trying to add him to an offence. But, yeah, don't don't use a first-round pick on Moore. It's, he's not going to be a guy who's good. I think, he's, I think he'll be like a perennial 700, 800 yards guy. Um, if he's any more than that, I'll be shocked. Definitely a nice piece in an offence and I think he'll work well. But, no. Don't spend your first round pick on him. I see him being early to mid second round, um, and yeah, but he'll be a nice, a nice player in the, in, in the NFL for sure. Um, right, three more guys back to Suk. Uh, yeah, got? so I'm going to talk about uh, Terrace Marshall um, from the t- LSU Tigers. Um, so unlike some of the other receivers, uh, Terrace did play. Um, you know, the majority of the season and didn't detach himself away from the Tigers. Do you get it? Yeah. yeah. I just remember that because of, um, you thought for, it was Terrence before, didn't you? But it still sounds like Terrence. Yeah. You know when, you know when you watch Terrence, Terrence. film, I swear they still call him Terrence. So, uh, but I'm going Terrence because that's how it's spelled. Um, yeah, Terrence Marshall. Yeah, indeed. So yeah, he, he played a majority of the season before opting out on the 29th of November. Um, so I think he played the best part of seven games. Um, so it's an interesting comparison because we talked about, obviously, the situation with Jamar Chase and, you know, having Joe Burrow for one season and then, you know, opting out. Obviously, Marshall, there's film, you know, with two different um, quarterbacks. Um, and, you know, surprisingly, uh, looking at it, I mean, the stats pretty much stack up better in 2020. Um, whether that's the fact that there's no Justin Jefferson and, you know, Jamar Chase, you know, obviously probably is an obvious reason for that. But in seven games, he racked up 731 yards, uh, 10 touchdowns compared to the season before where 
he had 671 yards and 13 touchdowns. So very sort of similar numbers, um, slightly more on the touchdown radius with Burrow. But then again, he played in, I'm just having a look here, played about 12 games compared to the seven he played this season. Uh, some of the games to look out for this year is the um, Mizzo game um, where he, he had three touchdowns. In terms of um, positives from him, um, one of them is, you know, doing it without Joe Burrow. He's a deep threat, so, you know, vertical threat um, receiver, which is always handy. Um, he's six foot three, 200 pounds. Um, he's got a good catch radius. He can play in a variety of different roles as well. So, you know, he can be seen as a slot receiver. He can play vertically, like we said, as an X. So, you know, he's he uses his size to elevate um, and, and make those, you know, tough catches. In terms of the cons, obviously, there's still, you know, less production, obviously, last year compared to some of the other receivers, you know, that gone before him. But then again, they're top-level talent as well. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he sort of compared, you know, from that standpoint. Um, route running uh, can be improved as well. Uh, and another thing they're talking about is, is short area bursts. So, uh Oh, sorry, I can hear myself speaking now. So, yeah, short area burst is certainly one that he can sort of improve upon as well. Um, once again, you know, not much of a blocker as well. Um, in terms of where he can potentially go, um, probably looking at, similar to Bateman, you know, he could be looking at sort of a late first round, second round pick, but he could end up being like a Justin Jefferson, you know, where, you know, not sort of regarded as being the top tier talent, but then go into a certain scheme fit and become a really, really good receiver for a team. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he develops. Uh, but there's a lot of these receivers, like you talk about Moore, Tony, you know, they could go anywhere. Uh, and it's just, you know, sort of pick your flavour, really, isn't it? Tristan, take us through your mm-hmm. final wide receiver to look out for in this draft. I'm calling a slight audible here. So I told you guys a name in the chat that I was going to do and I've decided that I'm going to switch up because it was a bit too predictable. Mm. Uh, I'm going to quickly chat about Amon Ra St. Brown, the USC's Trojans wide receiver uh, instead. So junior, something like USC, uh, had a big 2019 where he had some extended catches uh, for over 1,000 yards, six touchdowns. Obviously, Pac-12 was a little bit of a shorter year. This year, um, he only had 478 yards, but seven touchdowns so improved that. Um, really athletic playmaker. Um, he's 6'1", 195 pounds. Um, doesn't have a very complex route three, but what he does run, runs very well. Um, he has a, a few drops every now and then because he has a habit of looking upfield before grabbing the ball rather than just focusing on the catch. Um, really quite decent at contested catch, not elite. That he will do a good job. Run after the catch is another one of these guys. He's used quite a lot in screens or as a running back and really do a lot with the ball in his hands. Um, but again, he doesn't have what is nowadays considered elite speed. He's probably going to be a 4-5 to 4-6 guy. So his athleticism and that sort of slight taller frame that he's got helps. Um, one thing I do quite like from him, though, is um, he's got a really, really good release off the line. And it's something that helps negate sort of his lack of speed. He has a wonderful release technique where he can just create a little bit of separation. And with the little bit of speed he has got, he can just take it to the house. Again, someone second to third round. 
high upside sort of guy to do a lot of good things mm-hmm. in the NFL. Fair play, nice audible. Um, I'm I'm going to finish off with a guy who I just saw a lot. His name mentioned a lot. I uh, didn't have an amazing season, so much so that the head coach got sacked. But um, yeah, I'm going with Auburn's Seth Williams. Um, he to me would be a a solid fourth round pick. A guy that I see a lot of him in. Um, a guy's comparison is like a Donovan Peoples-Jones from Michigan last year. He's six foot three. Um, he's put up decent numbers in a good conference, uh, the SEC. I think he's had like 800-something yards last season, 750 or something this season. Um, he's just a very solid receiver. Now, he he's, he is, isn't a super fluid mover. He looks quite stiff. Um, he's quite a, st- a stiff runner, but he... he He's like a stiffer version of Devonta Smith. He, he he beats his man and and and, and has been a, a really good red zone threat. Most the most of the the highlights I saw of him of him downfield making a, a big catch, um, which again and and his impact I imagine if he gets on a team will be much like Peoples Jones, who as we noticed with OBJ going out, Peoples Jones got a bigger role with the Browns this year, and and I remember him catching some big big plays towards the end of the season. Um, so he's quite a stiff guy, but he's got great hands, good height, good red zone threat. Um, and yeah, made a number of plays downfield. Um, yeah, so I think I think he'll be a good pickup for a team to add to their, to their receiver core. If he can be a wide receiver three in the league, great. Um, but yeah, I like the stats he's put up in a, in, a, in a tough conference with a quarterback like Bo Nix, who is just Marmite. Um, you just never know what you're getting with Bo Nix every time he, he steps on the field. So yeah. Um, just before we wrap up, I'm gonna go on the CBS rankings of wide receivers and see if there's anyone else we should uh mention before we go. Let's have a look. What? Who did you take out, by the way, um, Tristan? I've forgotten now. Uh, Amari Rogers. Oh, okay. Just, it was a bit of a homer. It was a bit of a homer pick of a late round guy. Uh, um, right. Okay. So, receive. Uh, this is this is this is where these players, according to CBS, were going to go. So Jamar Chase at number three, uh, Jalen Waddle at seven, and Devonta Smith at ten. Uh, that's what these guys. And honestly, this is much of a muchness, really. That's what I'm saying. I really do think that. Uh, if you know, it, if Waddle goes ahead of Smith, it'll be a few places for me. It won't be much. Um, Waddle one eight. Waddle's one hundred and eighty two pounds, and Smith's one hundred and seventy five. Obviously, he's three inches taller. Waddle listed at five ten. Um, Rondell Moore is actually the fourth receiver on here at twenty two, and then Rashad Bateman at twenty five. So, five first round receivers. Do you see that happening? No, I mean. No, no. I I think I think after that three, uh, Rondell Moore. There's a few injury concerns. He's had a bit of a health. He's had a few problems with health. And I think once you get out of the top three, there's there's a little bit more. There's not a massive gap between sort of the Batemans and 
and it's not until you probably get down to Seth Williams where it really starts to fall off. That there's a lot of late round talent that you, you you sort of can keep an eye out for. Sort of Tyler Wallace from Oklahoma State, who's out for like Louisville, uh, Fisher Rat out of Wake Forest, and a few guys later on that could have roles to play. So I I think it will be if there's a fourth in the first round, it's that 32 pick. Someone trades back into the first just to yeah, that, the fourth fair. receiver off the board. Um, but I think it's three so in the first. We've talked about Chase, Waddle, Smith, Moore, Bateman. Uh, they're all considered first round picks going to this. Second rounders, you are looking at uh, Armand, Ross and Brown and Tylan Wallace from Oklahoma State. Senior. Um Third round, you are looking mm. at Terrence Marshall Jr., Daz Newsom from North Carolina, mm. Kadarius Tony from Florida, I do like Daz Terry, Florida State, um, Seth Williams, um, and I mean, I don't know where these, I don't know what the compensatory picks are like this year, um, but. Oh no! Well, Emir Smith Marset from Iowa also viewed as a late third round pick, and then you're looking at uh, day three guys: um, yeah. Tutu Atwell from Louisville, uh, Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan, mm-hmm. and then he's been getting a lot of love yeah. actually on um, I was to a Rams podcast the other day, um, and they're very much. Apparently interested in him. I know it's early doors, no, but nice. you know nice. he has had. Sort of then comes stuff Clemson star receiver Amari yeah. Rogers at wide receiver number two thousand six hundred and thirty-seven on the ranking. Um, <laughs> then you've got Sage Surratt from Wake Forest, uh, a guy I know. So if you also like watching a little bit, Diami Brown from North Carolina. Um, so Daz Newsom. So that, I mean, look, it, it looks very much like. Yeah. Um, UNC are going to have a wide receiver and running back duo both get drafted this year, which is obviously testament to what their offense must have been like this year. Diami Brown, Daz Newsom, Michael Carter, and Javante Williams. That's, that's mm-hmm. electrifying. No wonder they put up loads of points. Why didn't they win more games? Because they can't defend. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, one of the um, you just mentioned Sad Surat, so his brother Chaz is a defensive I'm, player. So interesting. very, very sure yeah, that he'll go before yeah. Sage will. Um, uh, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, he's been getting a lot of love yeah, recently. So. Um, someone said, "Would some?" I because I saw someone saying, "Would you be happy if we took Corey that signed Corey Davis and took Elijah Moore in the second round?" Well, I, I haven't watched too much of Elijah Moore, but. Considering this rankings have him as a solid fourth round pick, then no, I wouldn't want him in the second round. Um, Demonte Coxie from Memphis, I've heard of that dude. Mm. Heard of this dude as well, Trevon Grimes from Florida. Wow. Here's a guy that I wish I should have mentioned, and I, I did mention it actually. I think in a pod yeah. in the last few weeks, uh, Nico <laughs> Collins from Michigan. Um, he's only down here in my opinion because he opted out. He's well, what's the first that I look at mm. when I've just said that what what I like in a receiver? He's six foot four. Love that. I love a tall receiver. Um, and yeah, he he put up some decent stats in Michigan, and I think I think he would have had a big year this year for them. Um, 
probably in that wide receiver one role with Donovan Peoples-Jones moved on. But uh, yeah, he's he's viewed down as maybe like a fifth round player. Anthony Schwartz from Auburn. Marlon Williams from UCF. Again, another guy that I love and had a fantastic season um, as part of that electric UCF offense. Uh, and by the way, have you seen UCF have added a new grad transfer to their, to their roster the other day? Big Cat Bryant. Big Cat Bryant. Big, big Cat's on his second transfer. <laughs> He's on his second transfer. Um, Nick, while you're reading those wide receiver rankings, I just want to see if they even rank. I'll, I'll give you a little a sleeper a pick, someone in those later rounds that might do the. No, I, I, the I, I saw they got Jalen Darwin. Really I've never heard of him. Then. I saw something. The other day. There's only one more guy on this list, and it's. Um... It's no Marquez Stevenson. It only goes to 140. No Marquez so Stevenson. Obviously, there's 200 and something picks in the draft, isn't there? Boom. So it only goes down to 146. Um, but this last guy is one of the best wide receiver names in in the in the draft. It's 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 either a dance that was sung by Cardi B and Megan The Stallion, or it's what your what your uh, teacher might do with you to do to you with a belt back in back in the day at school it's <laughs> i'm glad he said belt <laughs> i was getting a bit nervous now yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get I'll get in here for a second <laughs> <laughs> oh come on um, you guys aren't you guys aren't you know what? Give us the first song name. by cardi b and megan the, the, the stallion uh, it's a big song from the last year, but I forget both of you guys in late 50s, 60s. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, 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 yellow yeah. something. What? Why? Oh, yeah. You are showing your age now. Because I'm talking about the the WAP dance that last year. The, uh, yeah. Forget that. We did, we did. There we, is. Again, we, we talked about him yesterday. We, uh, didn't we? we are we are fans of Watfilia. Yeah. Um again, one of the best great names. Um that that could only be a wide receiver to me. You couldn't be a defensive tackle called Watfilia, I don't think. But yeah. Could be a DB. Well yeah, well well all DBs are a failed wide receiver. Could be a DB. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you can imagine him saying, yeah. I will whoop your ass or something, you know. Slowly. <laughs> God, I wish I was his marketing manager. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be what rich. You should, do is you should come out the side. Whoop, there it is. So what? <laughs> to be fair, actually, the the what yeah. song is is actually oh, yeah. is um not appropriate for any children listening. So because it it stands for something. It's W A P. You can Google what it means after, but it's. it's not on a work laptop or a work phone, I should, should that suggest. Um, but yeah, no, no Marcus Stevenson, of course. He, he has been on many mock drafts, seven round mock drafts, but I think they've only gone as far as like, I don't seriously think CBS have, have think there's not going to be another wide receiver taken with the next 70 picks, but um, I think they've just kind of got to what Philly are there and gone, you know, I can't be bothered anymore. But yeah, um, But no, go and check out um, Jalen Darden. His stats last year at North Texas are bonkers. So he had 74 catches, 
1,190 yards and 19 touchdowns. Uh, undersized receiver with yeah. a bit of pace. Uh, you know how I love an undersized receiver with a bit of burner speed. Um, getting a lot of love in the late rounds of the steal. Uh, watching tape on him. He has potential. He's very hit or miss. He might make it in the league. He might not. But it's quite enjoyable tape to watch. Yeah, and he could be someone cool. to look out for in that. Well, I'll definitely look out for him. So I'm looking for these sort of... Um... Or Texas, are they division? Are they like uh, not division two, but are they? Are they North Texas? Yeah. Oh, they like, no, they're conference, they're conference USA. I, I, I know, yeah. Nick. I know what you're thinking straight away, thinking? but I know we'll Sorry. discuss this off air probably. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll discuss <laughs> off air. That's the podcast, I'm thinking. I was like, what am I thinking? I'm just thinking about like I thought they were the whipping boys of, of the, the whatever conference you're saying. <laughs> no, no. It's fine. All right. Well <laughs> on yeah, that note, ladies yeah. and gents. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, we hope you have a great week. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week uh, to do... Um, I, I mean, I don't know what position we're going to do yet. My campaign for doing specifically only left guards does not seem to be um, picking up any traction within this group. Um, so uh, please sign my petition <laughs> so we can do a thing on specifically left guards. Um I want to do I want to do a podcast on specifically punters, just punters. We're just going to rank the best punters that are coming out of college. Talk an hour about it. True, Christmas. Brilliant. We'll yeah, I, I, guard, you just hear me like we'll do left guard, then like, we'll do punters. Uh, we'll be on our way. Do you know, there's a film, there's a clip from the before Christmas was filmed where they like, you know, they play the game where you kind of you get a card and you've got to try and you can't say any of the three or four things on the card, but you've got to try and get the other person's got to guess. And the woman's got a buzzer, like, you can't say this, you can't say this, you can't say this. I'll be like, no, no, that's a right guard, that's a right guard. Come on, guys, play the game that he plays right guard. No, 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 no. So, yeah. That's what everybody wants in a podcast, is just me yelling, no, you can't. That's a right guard. What? Anyway. Right, well... (laughs) Is there like a, is there a snap requirement they of they had to play a certain amount like a right of snaps guard, they can guard do or... I don't care. Like, no, we don't play games over here. This is this is a professional podcast. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> exactly. No, we filled it at centre for one game. Get off the list. Get them off the list. This is this is we're serious <laughs> about what we do here. So yeah. Anyway. <laughs> on that rant. Ladies and gents, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next week for some more um, clearly fire content just like we've given you today. If you're st- <laughs> Yeah, I know what you're doing. <laughs> if you've made it this far, well done to you. No, we well done. really do appreciate you guys listening to us ramble and chat utter nonsense. Um, but yeah, take it easy. Uh, week by week, we're getting through it. We'll soon all be uh, away with it. I, I, I'm just gonna leave it. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm planning. I'm I'm gonna be. I'm I'm gonna be at a college game next season. I'm saying this now. My aim is to be at a college football game 
in the 2021 season. Don't know where, don't know who, but that's that's my plan. That's my goal, as uh, Shane Ward would say. No, no. I think next, for, for me, I think next year's probably just with international travel, I reckon it's still going to be another 12 months of God's, you know. Uh, Did you just say we think that we'll still be in quarantine, quarantine for 12 months? Quite feasible, unfortunately. No, I, no, I think I think there'll just be some the issues of international travel and things like that. Mm. It, it won't be quite as easy. And I think some teams will do reduced capacities and stadiums, like tickets for international fans for college games. It's just going to be a little bit harder to come by. Yeah, because they've got to vaccinate year. everyone there. So the travel restrictions I saw might Biden, still didn't be Biden in place. Say something like you know, think um, they, they're now on track to have every American vaccinated by the end of May. That's what they just, he came out and said the other day. That's Well, that's... Be- well, they said that. Mm, that's BS. That's <laughs> OJ Simpson. Well, OJ well, Simpson they, they got said... vaccinated. <laughs> I know that for a fact because I no. saw. <laughs> Did you see that thing on Twitter about it? <clears throat> he said, um, I just got. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it cracks me up every time I see it. So he was on Twitter. I swear he's trolling. <laughs> he's put, I just got my second shot. <laughs> Speaking of OJ, hang on, I was just going to say, I'm thinking you've got more than a second shot, mate. You've had like a million shots in life. And and then someone else put some other fan put on there. So, control myself. Some other fan put on there. Um, how does OJ Simpson get, get vaccinated before my grandma? And someone responded saying, <laughs> you have a rush of 2,000 yards. <laughs> Speaking of OJ, did you see Boris the other day? He went to a vaccination clinic and he was struggling to put a glove on his hand. And he stood there in front of his reporters going, oh, I feel a bit like OJ Simpson because he wow. couldn't get the bloody glove oh, on. Oh, God. The glove of No, well, I, I. Oh, God. Call me ambitious. Call me hopeful. <sighs> they. I, uh, I'll, I'll leave it on that. There's tickets available for spring training baseball games tomorrow for $10. I could buy a ticket. I could rock up and watch baseball with the fans in the stadium. And that's that's my uh, that's my chink of light that, uh, you know, we might we might get back to some sort of normality sometime soon. But we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, for the third and fourth or fourth time in the last 10 minutes, <laughs> I will let you go now. <laughs> we'll promise we won't bring you back in. But yeah, take care, have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Bye.